I know we got to move on, but man, just to feel the presence of God. This was spoken of by the prophets. Isn't it good to feel the presence of the Lord? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, there's nobody I'd rather be worshiping with than you. Man, the presence of the Lord is here. Did anybody else feel the atmosphere shift? You could just feel it changing. We have a spirit of expectation today, man. You could find your seats and be seated for just a moment as, as we begin. Would you turn in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Thank you, Jesus. I want today, if you'll allow me quickly, we'll move into the scripture in just a moment. But I want to give honor to, uh, to Pastor Shepherd who... Uh, has been an incredible developer of ministers, young ministers, and I'm, I live with me all the time, so for him uh, just to deal with a little bit of me, I do indeed feel sorry for him, but he does it with grace and, and uh, presses on nonetheless, but we appreciate him today. I also appreciate the ministry here. Do you know that you could be a thousand places, a thousand different churches, but you are in a church where the ministry and the team that is here have a spirit of excellence. They preach the word, they study the word, and they pray it. They have a spirit of excellence, and you will not find that in every church that you go into. I honor you today. What a crazy uh, couple of, uh, of months it was the last at the end of last year. Uh, you guys did an incredible job. Not only have you uh, dealt with uh, a building project, but also you're dealing with uh, a pandemic that has switched some of you back and forth from the sanctuary to the uh, gymnasium and back to the sanctuary. At the end of last year, uh, you put on a Christmas gala, a skit. Um, I think Pastor said about 20 years worth of stuff in all the storage rooms was cleaned out. Uh, by the church from, from just hard work and, and as we like to say, getting after it. And then uh, on top of that, you have been fulfilling your giving uh, to the church in this time of building. And, and Pastor said that an estimated or close to $100,000 has been pledged to missions for this year. Why don't you give yourself a hand clap? $100,000 to missions that is going to help further and carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. I honor you today. I don't do it enough, but my 
beautiful and wonderful uh, and lovely wife who uh, we are two weeks away from one year, one years of marriage. Um, and uh, she is the greatest earthly thing that has ever happened to me. And uh, she is seven months pregnant with the next most wonderful thing that has ever happened to me. So I am blessed and highly favored. Today we would not be here if it wasn't for the Lord. The reason that we do this, the reason that you were willing to put all that effort in that you did and have is because we want to honor our Lord and Savior. Amen. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. If you'll allow me for just a moment, I, I want to preach this message matters. This message matters. Lord, one more time today, we come before you again. God, I ask you to prepare the soil of our hearts. Would you allow us to tune in to what you're wanting us to hear today. God, would you create in us clean hearts so that we can love and worship you. Develop us, grow us, implement into us what you want and plant the seed in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. As a society... We struggle to value old things. In a disposable world, we are always on to the latest and the greatest. We, we're consumed by consumerism. Perfectly planned obsolescence. There was a time when we built things to last. There was a time that kitchen utensils, were made of steel and frying pans, cast iron. You could have taken, if you've ever held a cast iron frying pan, you could take that thing into a battle, and that would be a formidable weapon for sure. And the wife said amen. But long are those days gone before us. You now you have plastic silverware and you have plastic plates about anything that they can plasticify. It's a word. Cars used to be built to last, but now they're built to replace. A simple yet firm handshake in the old days, that, that was a man's word. It was stronger than a contract or a signature. It was their pride. It was their bond. Now it's just considered the old school way of doing things. If we don't have it in contract, I never really said it. Morals were given credence and direction by a compass called the Bible. The Bible and the message it carries once held weight in our communities. At one time it was the guiding force behind our values. As a nation. But for some reason society 
became too good for old things. And if not protected, the spirit of the world will find its way into the spirit of the church. You see, the message of truth, the word of God, it has lasted the test of time. It is built on the blood of Jesus as he fulfilled his plan for this message. Yet like planned obsolescence, like silverware replaced by plastic, we can so easily exchange the message of God's word for false doctrines that do so easily beset us. Listed on our social accounts like a badge of honor, we have Christian proudly displayed for all to see. Like clockwork, though, on Sunday, our ears appear finely tuned to the message being preached, but, oh, our minds are a thousand miles away. Far too many messages of redemption and salvation have graced this pulpit, yet sadly we can grow weary of hearing the word of God. We've come to church so long that the words of the psalmist like, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil begins to sound like the old clankety car that we wish would go away. Scriptures like John 16 and 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It's those... It's those powerful scriptures that once we allow it to become an antique of the word, it begins to lose its value. The age of information and exposure to secular ideology can so easily captivate the minds of God's people. Until his message, until his gospel, until his word no longer matters. This is the abyss that we face. It just becomes old news. It doesn't carry the weight that it used to. His word can lose the ability to stir our spirits like a lighthouse. Pastors and ministers call out to our futures begging for us to change course. But the message... Fall on deaf ears. Like a preacher crying out into the wilderness. Like men trying and yearning to call for the people of God. But if we allow it, only deaf ears are there to hear. Crying out with reckless abandon. For the soul of a congregation's preacher's call to the lost with a message of Jesus. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But it's scriptures like that that seem to vanish into the abyss. Before long, the words that penetrated our hearts just become muffled sounds of old messages that no longer matter. It used to give us strength as we journeyed through the valley. It used to give us peace as we climbed up the mountain. It used to rest our weary soul as we read it in the midnight hour. But now, it has 
been pushed into the recesses of the closet only to be pulled out for the worst of times. Our relationship with God, if not careful, can, can just be on Sundays and Wednesdays. And we can get lost in the mix as we file each message that should be so valuable into the section of our mind called do not disturb. God, forgive us. Some things are worth getting rid of, but there are some things that are worth keeping around. Some things are worth laying down in an altar, but there are some crosses that are worth picking up and carrying. Some things are worth throwing away, but this message is valuable and it matters. It matters. have not arrived we must not discard the apostles doctrine of the book of Acts generation for generations before us like spiritual giants brought us here today Isaac Newton said it best if I have seen further it is by standing on the shoulders of giants this message matters Teddy Roosevelt on Monday, October the 14th in 1912. He was the 26th president of the United States. And once again, he was on the campaign trail. At 8 p.m. that night, President Roosevelt left his hotel on his way to make the final speech of the day. Down the road, he went waving at onlookers and nodding tipping his hat left and right, hoping that this will help win over a vote or two. Out in the sea of seemingly happy faces stood a man with different political views. His name was John Shrink. As Roosevelt's motorcade approached, John stepped out from the crowd at a distance no further than four feet and pulled the trigger on a thirty-eight revolver into the chest of the president. Historians say that as the president absorbed the blow of the gunshot, his knees slightly buckled for only a second, and then he snapped back into attention. Momentarily stunned by the encounter, Roosevelt gathered his composure, squared up his shoulders, and continued with his nods. As any man's man would, the president coughed into his hand to test for internal bleeding. When there wasn't any blood, he, he pressed on a little further. In his coat pocket, they didn't realize it, but there was a 50-page speech that he had folded over, giving it a thickness of 100 pages. The bullet passed through his thick overcoat, through his steel-framed glasses, through all 100 pages of his speech, and then securely lodged itself inside his abdomen. A few more inches, it would have entered his heart and killed him. But the president, although urged by three different doctors, said to quit was not an option. You see, the message that he carried to him mattered more than the messenger. The message mattered more than those 
who would try to silence him. His earthly election was more valuable to him than the, the intimidation of an assassin. Quitting was not an option. His message must be heard. Instead of listening to the advice of those around him, Roosevelt simply took out his hanky, placed it over the bullet hole, opened up his shirt, wiped it off, and then proceeded to give an 84-minute speech. The president did not continue because it felt good. He did not press on to display the blood-stained shirt. It was, in his opinion, that the very message that slowed down the bullet and saved his life was the very message that could change a nation. Church, hear me today. We will be attacked for what we believe. We will be persecuted for forging ahead to the place that God has called us to. But the very message that the enemy attacks us for is the very message that will save our lives. Because thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy message have I hid in my heart. This message matters. Roosevelt was willing to risk his life for an earthly message. How much more should I be willing to risk mine for a heavenly message? It still matters. It's old. <laughs> to some, it may be outdated. And I've had some midnight hours. Where it was a lamp unto my feet. And I've had some dark days where it was a light unto my path. I've had some trials that I've gone to that it's picked me up as I open the pages of this old book that someone had destroyed. But it's been around for a long time. And his word is still valuable. His word still means something. It still matters. And it still saves. The message matters. It has not become outdated. It has not lost its luster. It has not been extinguished by the attempts of the enemy. I know that it's old. I know it's one of the oldest, if not the oldest in all of history. But there is something valuable in this book. The truth the truth still matters I know that entering into our culture is a statement called your truth but that is overridden by the truth because this is the book that is the same yesterday today and forever because he is the word and he became flesh and he dwelt among us and when he went away he gave us a plan of how to not only follow him but how to be with him one day and it's in this old book John the Baptist believed in the message so much that he gave his head for it Jesus was the word. He was and is the message that we preach. 
And the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. He believed in it so much that he gave himself a sacrifice. He allowed his perfect blood to spill for our transgression. Stephen believed in the message so much that in the book of Acts, he stared down the false accusers and the counsel that came against him. With a face like an angel, the Bible reported him. He boldly proclaimed the message of Jesus. And for it, they stoned him. Holding the coats of the man who stoned Stephen was a young Saul of Tarsus. He was a prolific persecutor of the Christians. He, he hated and despised their God. But one day, on a road to Damascus, a vision came to him with a message. From that day forth, he went no longer by Saul and began to go by Paul. He was an unlikely candidate for the message. He had hurt people. He had bruised. He had made failures. He was an unlikely candidate. But God doesn't need perfection. God doesn't need the perfectly spotless person. He is that. He needs simple people that find value in a message that still holds true today. To say thy word have I hid in my heart. God didn't care and doesn't care about your pedigree. He doesn't care about your history. He doesn't care about your shortcomings. He needs a generation of people that loves and cherishes the message. Our society has forsaken it. Even churches have forsaken it. They have forsaken it in exchange for compromise. They have accepted it for the path of least resistance. They have accepted invalidating the message because sometimes it pricks the heart a little bit. They devalued this message that matters because people have attacked and tried to kill them for what they believe, physically, spiritually, mentally, whichever way you want to call it. But there has to be a relationship with God that all of a sudden makes the words of this book come to life in your life. When we can mix the doctrine with a relationship with God, all of a sudden, everything inside begins to make sense. Because this message matters. Musicians come. Your past is irrelevant. Just be what God has called you to be. God uses the most unlikely people. In 1948... At just 22 years old, a young lady started her ministry at a prayer cottage. 
under the unction of the Holy Ghost, she ventured into the miraculous. Reaching into a coal-burning stove, she pulled out two handfuls of hot coals and walked around the room. This incident confirmed not only the miraculous hand of God, and also there were witnesses there, but it also verified a call that she felt to preach. In 1952, she was asked to preach at a little church on 49th Street in the city of Columbus, Georgia. Then in January of 1953, she would become the pastor of that church and baptize the congregation in the saving name of Jesus Christ. That young lady was the founding pastor of this church, Sister A.L. Shepherd. I can assure you it was not easy. I am sure she was an unlikely candidate. I know that she faced trials and hardships beyond belief. But there was a yearning inside of her. There was a message burning on the inside that called her out into the deep. And church today, if we go further, it would be because we stood and are standing on the shoulders of those giants. In January of 1986, Brother H.L. Shepherd accepted the pastorate and began leading this church into the 21st century. Through the powerful teaching and leadership of Pastor Shepherd, the church has seen an estimated 4,000 filled with the Holy Ghost and an estimated 3,000 baptized in Jesus' name. We did not just get here by accident. This word did not just fall into our laps. But there was generation after generation that realized the value of this message. And like giants, they brought us here today. I know it's an old message, but it still matters. Sometimes on those lonely roads, it gives us the encouragement. It is my rock in a weary land. It is my salvation in a lost wilderness. It is just as valuable today as it was yesterday. It is the reason I carry on. It is the word I bring you today. As the world dilutes the gospel, as churches lay down the call of holy separation, we have a responsibility to carry the message of truth. message that maybe makes people run the aisles but you've got to fall in love with this church if you don't you will find yourself so far downstream I feel the spirit of conviction right now would you pray for just a second Jesus, I love you. God, I hide this word in my heart. Come on, for just a moment, I'm asking you to pray with me. 
world dilutes the gospel as churches lay down the call of holy separation we have a responsibility to securely hold on to the apostles doctrine that doctrine if you don't know today is they asked Peter what shall we do and Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive gift of the Holy Ghost. And you want to know why it still matters? Because in the next scripture, it tells us that the promise is unto you, and it matters to your children, and it matters to their children, and it matters to their children, and to their children. It still matters. It may seem old school, but I'm still going to hide this message in my heart. It may sound like old news, but this message still matters. For some of you, mom and dad aren't walking with this message. For some of you, friends have fallen by the wayside. For some of you, you've, you've fallen into struggle more than you have stamina. Compromise knocks at your door daily. But as for me and my house, this message still matters. I ask you today if you would journey back with me to this old message of a new birth. <laughs> would you journey back with me to when they begin to sit in the upper room as the Holy Ghost entered in? Would you journey back with me? This message still matters. Could you stand with me? give a call just a second and I'm going to ask everybody to come to the altar that will there's probably people in this room that have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost but if you are willing today is the day that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost God gave them that message God gave Peter the power to preach that message under the unction of the Holy Ghost and today at an altar you can repent of every sin and here's how it works you say Lord I'm sorry for every sin that I've committed and for everything I've done wrong as you begin to say those words you are repenting for everything and the Bible says that those sins go into a sea of forgetfulness he forgets about them the only place that those sins remain is in your mind. He forgets about them. And, and as you begin to pray that, you'll begin to feel something change. And you'll switch from just being the, the old carnal person that we all are far too often. And all of a sudden, that old man starts to die out and you begin to feel the Holy Ghost and you begin to feel the presence of God and you begin to have a repentant spirit and all those things begin to slip away all those sins begin to fall out and the Bible says that it's almost like to me it's almost like there's that residue that's kind of left over and all of a sudden when we go and we're baptized the old man 
that used to be there. When you go underwater, you're buried in baptism. When you come up, you are a new creature. And all of a sudden, I've seen it happen many times before, as they come out of water and they begin to speak in other tongues. Because the message still matters. And it still pertains today. You can have the infilling of the Holy Ghost today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start to pray. And as I start to pray, I'm going to ask all that will to come to this altar. And I want you to begin to pray. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, don't worry. There's going to be a lot more people coming with you. You don't have to feel like you're isolated or like you're out on an island. There's going to be people coming with you. But I want you to begin to pray that prayer of repentance. Lord, forgive me. So let's start to pray together, church. Lord, I'm asking as these people come. For every person that has not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that the message still matters today. So God, I'm asking you, would you find your way to the heart of that person? Would you find your way to the heart of that person that needs the infilling of the Holy Ghost? God, would you be right there with them as they begin to repent? God, it still pertains to us today. The message still matters today. Come on, if you want the Holy Ghost, would you come? I'm asking you to come.